Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Will Mavity's interview with the writers and stars of the new film, Brian and Charles, David Earl and Chris Hayward. My name's Brian. This is my infamous inventions pantry. It's actually a cow shed. Things went a bit topsy-turvy in my life, and I was very alone. Ah, fiddlesticks. That's when I just started making stuff. Any little idea I had, I just made. It's an egg belt, pinecone bag, flying cuckoo cock. So whenever anyone in the village wants to know the time, they can look up in the air and I'll be there. Get back! It's on fire! They don't always work, and the stuff I build isn't for everyone. Well, I'm impressed. Thanks. My new projects. I'm building a robot. Didn't look too bad, does he? I wonder what he'll do when I turn him on. You'd like me to give you a name? Tony? Charles? Charles. <laughs> Charles? Charles. You like that name, do you? Hello, Brian. Hello, Charles. It's lovely to meet you. This is incredibly overwhelming. Imagine me and you. I do. I never thought I'd make anything as amazing as Charles. You built my body. I built his body. And my tummy is a washing machine. And his tummy is a washing machine. So happy together. Keep showing to people. Why not? I should call you up. And what you want for him? Oh, he's not for sale. Why are you wearing that? I feel pretty cool, man. I want to go on an adventure. Everything is lovely. It's not all lovely. Stay down, boy. There's a big old world out there. The big perilous world. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. What was that? Perilous. So very perilous. I want to sit in the front, Brian. No, you're not sitting in the front. You're sitting in the back. I will sit in the front. You'll sit in the back. Front. Stop saying front. 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 I've never met anybody that could build a robot. <laughs> I'm not a child. I can look after myself, man. What's got into you? I tend to learn from each thing that I build. Bullseye! I am your friend, Bran. I'm your friend, too. I want to go to Honolulu. Charles, what are you wearing? It's my Hawaiian hula skirt. Well, I know that this uh, this was based on a short film. Uh, where on earth did both of you come up with the idea for this? even for the short in the first place. Um, I've been performing as Brian on the stand-up circuit for about 10 years and um, for a long time. And uh, I then started an internet radio show where I got members of the public to call in and I'd try and converse with them. And then one night Rupert, our producer, called in but was too nervous to talk. So he used this voice software and tapped away and I we created this little relationship me and Charles or the voice of Charles <laughs> on, uh, over Skype and then Chris was listening and uh, I think he wanted to bring Charles to life so he built him uh, over the course of a weekend and then we decided to do it live and we did some live shows 
around the UK and uh, to varying degrees of success. <laughs> and then we wanted to sort of just immortalize them and put them, because we'd heard ideas that people might be doing some robot comedy. <laughs> and uh, so we just wanted to get in there first and go, right, let's put them on the screen. And so we made- Yeah, there's our robot. Yeah. Deal with <laughs> them. <laughs> and we didn't think anyone would watch the short or have any interest. And it was just for us. Yeah. So that's it, really. Well, once you released the short, tell me a little bit about how it exploded and you got it transformed into this feature film. Yeah, I think the the day that we put it online, I think um, Film 4 got in touch with Rupert, our producer, and said that they really liked it. And then, um, yeah, you got like the pick of the week on Vimeo and just started getting really good views. And then we were just getting really nice messages from people who we liked in the, in the comedy industry. So that kind of gave us... Uh, confidence that oh okay maybe it is maybe it is good so we just had a good feeling about it and then it went to it was played at south by southwest mm-hmm. and um yeah went down really well there and that it was really film four who commissioned um the script for a feature so that's how that process began so uh david i was curious i mean you'd mentioned obviously you've been playing the character of brian on the stand-up circuit and uh, I know you've appeared as Brian in various films and uh, shows. Is there meant to ha- be connective tissue between this Brian? No, it's just always Brian. It's, I mean, uh, with Afterlife and uh, this, it just all sort of happened at the same time. And um, yeah, when we, I think when we started, when we started writing the film, the Afterlife came along. I just, you know. You don't think about the future or the fact that yeah. Afterlife and the film will come out at the same time. Right, so, right. no, there's no, there's no, uh, they don't live in the same worlds at all. No. Gotcha. Yeah. Chris, you had a pretty difficult part to play given that we never see your face. Uh, <laughs> that was easy. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to bring that character to life. Um, yeah. So first off, what are you actually wearing? I assume you're not wearing a washing machine. It's a um, a heavy duty cardboard uh, <laughs> that has a hole cut out one side that I can stick my arm through. Inside, I've got a so the head is a mannequin head on a, uh, a stick that's used for picking up litter. So that <laughs> operates the mouth a little bit. So I can see a stick in front of me. Uh, but I can't see out the box. I can see where my feet are, so I can see a little bit. I can see a little bit of the ground to help me move around, but I can't really see anything else. Oh my god! Um, sometimes it depends what costume he's wearing as well, because some of the costumes are quite heavy. Uh, so, like the Sherlock Holmes one, and like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, if he had a big thick coat, I was starting to get really hot, and I'd also start to wonder how I was going to breathe. Quite a clumsy thing to wear. Oh my God! Uh, were there ever <laughs> any uh, accidents that weren't didn't make it on screen with that? Um, I nearly I nearly trod in a ditch at one point. Someone was, <laughs> I, I often hear people saying, "Chris, Chris, stop, 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 stop." I hear people saying that as if I was about to walk into something, <laughs> and then I'd get kind of moved around uh, in different places. A lot of the time, they'd take the box off me after about two hours, and I'd I feel sort of quite disorientated because I, I wasn't where I thought I was. Yeah, yeah. you probably look like you're like <laughs> taking a shower and all the sweat too. 
There were a lot of times on set when genuinely I feel like you'd be sat in Charles on a chair and everyone's just sort of forgotten you're there. Yeah. <laughs> Which you seem to quite find quite funny, David. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of times people would sort of forget I was in there because it's it's weird when you, you can't have, have a conversation with somebody when you can't see them. Because <laughs> it was as if I was in sort of behind curtains the whole time. So um, I could hear people having conversations around me, but I couldn't really. Now and again, someone would say, you're right, Chris. I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> that would be the extent of the oh, God, that's so uncomfortable. So that scene where you're dancing and you fall off the stool and you're like, I've had an accident. Was that scripted or did you actually Well, that fall? was that was the one bit where it wasn't me. It was a stuntman. Oh, uh, okay. I was I was fully expecting to do it. I was surprised when there was a stuntman because I didn't think we could afford one. And then I got to set and they said, no, no, you're not doing it. We've got a stuntman. I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. So yeah, so fact, I'm, and I'm glad he did because I probably would have broken my like hip or something if yeah. I had done it. But you uh, were like doing like servant labor, dragging bags of stuff. When yeah, you, I had to do that. That was that was not that was not fun. There were a couple of bits that were not fun. Holding the um, well, I don't want to give any spoilers, but where I'm holding uh, a thing towards the end, mm-hmm. that was really that was really difficult. I was in actual pain doing that because I had to stand holding this weird thing. Um, well, I, okay, yeah. so that kind of tees into one of my questions. How did you guys both come up with the the various inventions that Brian developed? I mean, some of them are like the pine cone bag, um, <laughs> the uh, the egg belt. How did you come up with these? I don't know. We just sort of come up with funny ideas. And um, I mean, we had one that we were going to use that was called Glove Gloves which was a pair of gloves inside another pair of gloves. So if you, <laughs> if, if you had a friend who had cold hands, you could give them your gloves. <laughs> yeah, we, had, um, we had all sorts, but um, yeah, we couldn't use them all, or they were just too mad. That was the easy part. Coming up with funny inventions is the was the easy part. Coming up with a story was the hardest part, I think. By the way, was the uh, the flying cuckoo clock, was that inspired by that dude in the Darwin Awards who uh, tried to put the, the real life guy tried to put a Jado jet engine on his car and it 
No. Oh, right. Oh, I don't know about that one. It was oh, partly yeah. inspired by, um, I used to love um, those magnificent men in their flying machines. Mm-hmm. And the old black and white footage from the 30s, there's a clip actually on YouTube that was like a compilation of these flying contraptions. And I loved it so much because they're so they're so dangerous. And I love knowing that these people were just trying to fly these machines without knowing what I was doing. Half the time they'd be on fire or they'd explode. And uh, <laughs> I mean that, that yeah. scene, that scene where Brian's starting out, that was sort of taken from a YouTube clip, wasn't it? Of an, like an 80-year-old guy who built a plane. Yeah, there's a guy he, with like a giant. He made, yeah, he made it up into the air. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah, did it I catch just, on fire? Yeah. It didn't catch on fire, <laughs> no. Yeah. But, yeah, I just That's love cool. that kind of daring and just the mad ideas that genuine people have had, so we wanted to incorporate that. Why cabbage? Why so much cabbage everywhere? I think that's just because we use that in the short, and I don't really know, I can't even remember where that came from in the short. It just felt funny at the time that he would eat cabbage. And so because we'd had it in the short, we put it into the film, and the more we went over it, the more we seemed to, to, to use it. And it just seemed a funny thing that why would this, of all things, why does this robot love cabbage? <laughs> when I was writing down notes, this is overanalyzing, I'm sure, but why was the song you whistled to calm Charles down, Silent Night? Was there anything I'm supposed to read into that? Oh, yeah, that's, that was sort of improvised, that bit. And I think... Well, no, I know I did. I would sing that to my little boys. Mm. So I've got a four, well, I've got a 20-year-old, but I've got a four-year-old and a six-year-old. And when we filmed that, I think Benjamin was like two. So around that time, I was singing him that and whistling it to her. So that's what <laughs> so that was. I've just been doing that probably for six months, so I just did yeah. it on set. Yeah. Yeah. How much of this was improv in general? You know, you mentioned building out a story was the difficult part. Like, what did you guys have in the way of a script and how much was just you guys kind of riffing? Yeah, we well, we had a script and we did stick to the script pretty much all the way through. But we did, yeah, some scenes are fully improvised. Some are kind of partly improvised. We were able to change Charles's dialogue up until the very uh, last sound mix because it's, we can change that in post-production so we could right. change his lines. But for the most part, we stuck to the script, yeah. Were you speaking at all on set? Like, were you, and then was this, like, augmented in post? Like, what's... Yeah, so sometimes we, because we had all the lines, all of Charles's lines pre-recorded, and that mm. was a nightmare. That's to, to record <laughs> all these lines. So we had those queued up on a laptop, which, um, yeah, so Rupert would be able to queue those and also type improvised stuff as well. And then when, often when we're outside, I would have to say the lines of the script or if we're able to improvise, I would improvise with David. But yeah, we did, ha- we did have it all pre-recorded, but sometimes the laptop didn't work. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I, I'd sometimes stick, I'd sellotape the script inside of Charles's box so I could read it. <laughs> say, oh, can you say the lines, Chris? I'm like, well, you didn't, I didn't know how to rem- memorize them. So I just st- I cheat by sticking it inside the box. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Could you see? Like, was there enough light in there to even read a script? No, no, not always. No. <laughs> <laughs> or it'd be like a blue. The blue eye light would cast a sort of blue sheen over this page that I'd be trying to read. Oh man! 
<clears throat> uh, okay, so what was the deal with the bonfire in general? Kind of everything centering around the bonfire. Is that a thing that ha- are, are those common in like North Wales in general? Is that? Well, bonfire. My my birthday is November the fifth, and November the fifth. Oh, that's cool, U- Guy Fawkes. So November the fifth in the UK is um, what they call bonfire night. So it goes mm-hmm. back to Guy Fawkes. So every yeah every every November fifth there'll be bonfires in towns and the Guy Fawkes will be burnt as this effigy. So there's an element of that to it. And it just felt like we hadn't, it felt like we hadn't really seen that in many, in many British films, like the bonfire night isn't really, don't really remember seeing that anywhere. So it just mm-hmm. felt like a good um, set piece to have. Um, yeah, that's very cool. I don't want to give any spoilers, but yeah, we, we would, um, uh, having Charles connected to that just felt like a, a, a thing that we hadn't really seen before. Well, uh, you know, as as we wrap up, while there is uh, there are uh, a couple things that are spoilery, so I guess this will be a a warning if anyone's listening they haven't seen the film yet. What's going to happen to Charles on his trip in general? How's that going to go for him? Your guess is as good as ours. Uh, <laughs> he's he's home, isn't he, Chris? Show him. Oh, sorry. Well, at the moment, he's just um, he's just having. Oh. A bit of time. <laughs> <laughs> he's, just, he's just listening he's knackered, he's, knackered. Okay, so <laughs> he's exhausted we, i guess we uh that is our confirmation that he he navigated safely and he came back yeah, yeah. <laughs> hawaii and everywhere he looks like jim broadman does anyone else see that some yeah, people have yeah. said that yeah i mean it wasn't our intention yeah he looks like a fun. yeah there's a political <laughs> commentator over here in the uk he's pretty close to as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay now now i'll have to be on the lookout for that um yeah okay well guys we're uh we're about out of time but this is this is a blast to watch and uh honestly it's a very good covid movie just because like this guy who's like going insane with isolation <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i think a lot of people can relate to it yeah. yeah well thank you so much you know i hope it gets a good audience and maybe we'll see uh brian again and, and maybe charles in future uh future roles as well so thank you so much Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Will Mavity's interview with the writers and stars of the new film, Brian and Charles. David Earl and Chris Hayward here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Brian and Charles will be released in theaters on June 17th from Focus Features. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.